Tatiana, families that are expats, uh, adult students or in organizations like the military or medical field have to move homes and countries regularly, right? The pandemic has also caused families to have to move for various reasons. And for a lot of children, that means new schools, new environments, and going back to a home that they don't consider home, right? Mm -hmm. So what kind of effect does this have on the kids in general? I think for the older children, it has the possibility of impacting them more severely or more greatly than the little ones. Um, And that's because most of them have probably already acclimatized to life here or wherever they've been. They've probably developed social relationships. They've made friends. They've adjusted to the academic system wherever they've lived. Um, And so if you're dealing with, for example, a teenager who has accumulated, you know, many, many, many years of these experiences and then transferring them to a different space where all of those things might be different, for example. Like I've got some clients who have been doing sort of more the British Cambridge system over here and now have to convert to an American SAT system wherever they're going. It's a complete overhaul. The little ones adjust a little bit better, again, because little life experience or less that they've accumulated. But for the older ones, you know, without adequate planning and the right amount of support, it can potentially be like a really big upheaval for them. Okay, so let's just take a moment and sort of like focus on that for a minute, the the timing of the move in childhood and the Mm. different effects at different ages. Like Mm. what kinds of disruptions and difficulties are we looking at as we sort of go up in age? Mm. I mean, straight off the bat, just academically, right? So like the example I gave, um, we have to accept that different countries or different continents use different types of academic systems or syllabuses. Um, And so children would have to make that adjustment. I mean, even myself, I'm born and raised here in Malaysia. I grew up speaking English, but I was taught everything in Bahamas. And then when I had to move to Australia for a foundation, despite how good my English was, I could not compute chemistry and additional math right, and everything right. in English. And so, you know, I think that it's something that is a real, it's a real struggle for a lot of kids, right? So like, you know, I have some families who are converting their syllabuses altogether. Um, and some of their kids might be sort of towards the tail end of high school, where all the big examinations and applying for uni comes into play. So mm. academically, it could be something that is really difficult for a child to cope with. Um, Socially, of course, it's a different environment, right? If you're moving to a country where you might not speak the language, for example, that could impact upon their ability to make friends and integrate and socialize. Um, And then, of course, it's just a sense of security and comfort, right? So this is sort of maybe become their comfort zone. It's where they're familiar. They know all the landmarks. They know how to get around. Um, And then moving them to a country that they're completely unfamiliar with can have some pretty negative um, effects. But again, if we're looking at younger children, say kids who are probably in early primary, we're not looking at a lot of education or a lot of information that we're having to reprogram or redo. So Mm -hmm. while there will be a bit of an adjustment period, they tend to adapt a lot better than say teenagers or older children who are being asked to convert systems completely, you know, they are completely different. Moving once or twice in childhood versus frequent moves, what kind of sort of impact does frequency have in that? Yeah, I mean, I've got one family as well that I'm working with who um, dad works in the oil and gas industry. It's something that required her to move around a lot. One of the things that we talked about really frequently is the, you know, she said that one of the biggest things was she developed a little bit of a wall where she felt that she didn't or she couldn't make uh, long lasting connections with anyone. She had very, what she called superficial friendships um, 
she wasn't really as emotionally invested in a lot of things because she realized or she felt that this is all temporary. Chances are I'm going to have to move. So there's really no point in making best friends or having outside of school friendships with people. But that's kind of like having a reality check also, isn't it? It it is, but it is something that if we look at their level of development is necessary. Like, you know, this is the stage where their social development is doing the biggest amount of growing. And so Mm. it is kind of sad in a way to see kids who go, there's no point in making friends because I can't keep in touch with them, which is funny given the day and age right now Like you can stay in contact with anyone Mm. with technology, but it's almost more that I don't want to open myself up to that and then have to leave them or have that sort of connection severed. So, um, but that being said, though, they do adapt fine. They just kind of don't really read in too much into friendships. Um, they don't put as much effort into it. Worst case scenario, I even had some kids who don't even bother with academics because they know that it's just going to be, you know, whatever we're doing here is not going to wow. count wherever I go next. You know, So mm-hmm. it can have that type of, of backlash. Mm. Well, talking about academics, actually, you know, um, when people are thinking about moving to places, perhaps if, if they've got the chance to go to school in Australia or the UK or some of the familiar places like in Singapore, there's always this conversation about moving kids at a certain age that's best mm. for them. Is there any weight to that? Is there a better time to, to do this? I think it's more just in terms of um, convenience, I guess, if you will, um, because kids who are finishing off primary and heading off into secondary, sort of that year six going into year seven or primary to high school, age or before they even start primary, those are usually the brackets where I see parents uh, making decisions to move because they see it as being less disruptive because the kids are transitioning from one phase to another anyway. But I think that regardless of when you move a child, there is going to be adjustment issues. And so long as you're prepared to kind of work with the school and work with your child and figure out a way around that, it's going to be the same regardless. I do have some families who are moving their children during their IGCSE year, so the final year of house school just because you know like parents contracts are are ending their you know so they have to move it's not by choice those can be really problematic because you know especially with things like your IGCSEs or your O-levels it's not the byproduct of one year it's an accumulation of a couple of years worth of work and so there's a lot of complications like one of my clients where all the subjects she was doing um, under um, the IB program here in Malaysia was not being offered in the country she was moving to so a big chunk of her credits that she'd worked for are being erased so how does that yeah so that was a really big issue and how does that translate when she gets there so these types of things are really complicated so if parents can avoid it all the better but I understand that sometimes like with this particular client it wasn't a choice so you know parents just kind of have to be really on point and helping their child assist you know trend with that transition with children who are affected by the move and in a lot of cases sometimes when parents are busy or it's not so surface led mm. what's the first sort of areas we will see the immediate effects and and you know, those flags that get raised? Mm, I think the most common is probably is, is, is definitely at school. So if your child is school aged, um, you will start to probably hear comments or reports from teachers saying that they're not wanting to participate. For example, if they're young, they might be having temper tantrums in class. Um, they might not be doing homework. They might not be participating in group exercises. So usually the schools are the first ones to kind of notice because all schools are quite prepared for a new, when new students come in, they usually do focus 
focus on that new child to make sure they're adjusting and acclimatizing well. So if the teachers are saying that the child is finding it difficult, he's he or she is not playing with the other kids at recess, not sitting with anyone, not responding when you call their name, those are usually signs that they're struggling with the adjustment. Um, some parents see it within the household. So kids might be just kind of unenthused about wanting to really do very much. Uh, they might be kind of locked in their bedrooms playing video games all day or more than usual. Um, or even just flat out, you know, just seeming really down and seeming really low. Um, those are usually the first indicators that kids are not adjusting very well. But you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like not wanting to participate and um, making, it's hard to make friends. For mm-hmm. us, remember our first day at school or, or first day at work and everything? The mm-hmm. first week or two, it's always a bit weird. But in yeah, this case, they constantly have to go through that. It's It's got to be very disconcerting, right? Yeah, exactly. And so like, you know, the first couple of weeks, I tell parents, don't be too concerned. We're all struggling as well during that phase but if we're looking at like well into the term um, Mm. and the child is still not adjusting grades are starting to slip all you know and even things like that they normally would have liked to do so for example um, you know hobbies or interests they're kind of not wanting to do anymore Um, those are usually like you know, red flags. But like you said, JD, kids who have to do this over and over again, uh, being the new kid constantly can Mm. be really difficult, especially if your child is more on the introverted side. Yeah. Some kids may not show outward signs until they're older. Well, what kind of patterns exist in adulthood as a result of these moves? How does it affect their lives? You know, the first thing I have to say is that I think we as adults, we underestimate how resilient kids can really be, you know. So sometimes we as adults, we kind of panic and go, oh my gosh, this is going to damage my child. Um, but we really have no way of like anticipating it, right? Our kids could adapt a lot better than we, than we predict. But say you're right, say there is something that they aren't able to really articulate at that young age, the only thing that I can kind of think of is again, going back to relationships, right? Mm. So because they were not able to build upon very secure, very stable, very long-term relationships because of the frequent moves, they might struggle with doing that in adulthood. So they might struggle socially. They might struggle with romantic relationships. What do you mean they're going to have commitment issues? They might, depending on the nature of what they were exposed to, because Mm. they weren't able to kind of, the minute they bonded with someone, they were ripped away. The minute they, you know, so that that kind of concept at a right, very right. young age could kind of make them feel that, well, you know, it's like I find it hard to put all of my emotional eggs in one basket, right? Mm. Because it's not something that I am that my brain has experience with, right? So that could be something that I that I see could be an issue, right? Of course, it's something you can overcome, but I think that that's something that could be an issue. I do have like a lot of my my clients who do do the frequent moving. Um, again, that friendship thing about how like eh, it's okay. I'm gonna move in a little bit, so you know they're who needs the friends. Friend. Yeah, so like you know, but in a way, it's almost like a good thing sometimes because you know when there's all these like peer conflicts and they're like fighting, like I don't want to be your friend anymore, and then this kid is like. Okay. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. They, they don't take it to heart as <laughs> yeah. much as others. So in a way, in yeah. that sense, it can the only be person who love me is me. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, like they don't get. They're like yeah, I don't really mind, you know. Right, um, right. So that can be a positive. But I see relationships being the one that takes the biggest, the biggest hit. Yeah. Right. So I guess you know, if you are someone who's been moved around a lot and you're an adult, or you're the parent of a kid who maybe is sort of uh, heading towards sort of late teens right now, and you think I want whether or not 
this particular pattern of behavior is as a result of that. Is there mm. anything that can be done or mm. addressed or even questions to ask? Mm. I mean, I think, you know, the first thing you can always do is to just kind of talk to your kid and just bring it up, right? And be like, you know, I kind of noticed that this is happening. Everything okay there? You know, just kind of pointing things out um, because it could very well be not something that you need to worry about. And it could be that it's just, you know, them kind of figuring out who they are. The move is not even a big part of that equation. They're going to do that regardless of whether they move or not. Um, so again, try not to read into it too much because we could tend to make kids think, oh my God, there is something wrong with me, even though there is it, right? right? So I would say to parents, if you're getting, you know, reports from teachers, if you're seeing sort of this change in behavior, definitely address it. But if you kind of like to just check in on your child and find out if, you know, I'm noticing that you don't like to, you know, play video games anymore. Like, is it because it's not as much fun now that we've moved? You can say stuff like that um, mm-hmm. just to kind of probe and see whether this is a contributing factor. This is interesting because I see so many things about what you say in my wife because mm-hmm. she was uh, an, a Navy brat, right? So uh, <laughs> she started out life uh, living in the UK. Her dad is uh, mm-hmm. all local. They moved mm-hmm. to Germany. They moved back mm-hmm. here. Then dad had to be posted back again. Then, mm-hmm. Now I'm like, that's why we move like crazy. We have no mm. problems just mm. upping and leaving and everything. But that is also mm. one of the reasons why we both don't kind of don't want to have kids because we mm. don't want to subject them to that. But I think, <laughs> yeah, but I think, you know, it's like, I think even for myself, I've lived in three different countries. Um, and the thing is, I don't, like the idea of having to say for whatever reason uproot and move like even when I was in Australia and being told I had to move to the UK like the other side of the world Mm. it was not something that scared me as much as I know a lot of my friends who had never left home you know like they were it was a terrifying concept so I think in a way it kind of does acclimatize us to that and it makes us more kind of adaptable and resilient in a way because it's just like eh, you know Um, but I haven't yet moved to a country where I can't speak where I can't speak English so that's the one that I'm like I think if I had to move to a country where English was not the main language I think that would be a whole other experience for me right which is why I'm like so surprised that my husband was able to move here given that his English was not super great when he moved here. Um, Now he thinks in English. Um, But it's, but it's like, you know, I think that people who make that move knowing that their primary language isn't commonly spoken, that is a whole other complicated thing. So I respect people who do that. 